Hello, and welcome to Homework, a podcast by and for people who work from home. Episode 247, Motivations, with your hosts, Dave Kahlo and me, Harry Marks. Hello, Dave. Hello, Harry. How are you? I'm feeling sort of sheepish. Oh, and why is that? <laughs> because we have to talk about my tool of the week in a few minutes. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, uh, before we do, I want everyone to uh, say hello. We're in uh, Discord like we typically are recording the show. Uh, Jackie and Melissa are here again hanging out with us. If you want to join uh, the Discord and listen to us, record the show live on Thursday, several days before it hits the feed. Uh, you get to hear us record the show live. You can hear us uh, do a little pre and post show chit chat and uh yep contribute a little bit too if you want to just join the discord you can go look at the twitters for how to do that yep we have fun here we do have fun i think i said that speaking of fun (laughs) uh what is this week's topic harry motivations why what motivates us and why we stay motivated um i have i have some things to say on the topic i have some thoughts as well so we're going to talk about motivations this week uh it's going to be fun and before we do that, let's get to tools of the week. <clears throat> you know what? I'll go first to spare you the embarrassment Thank of whatever you. it is oh you have gosh. to talk about. Um, I know. I'm probably just being. It's okay. Go ahead. So, a couple of weeks ago, I had talked about the Keychron, my mechanical keyboard that I love so much. But yes. I also, before I got the Keychron and before I got the Magic Keyboard and all the other fun keyboard stuff, um, back when you could go out and, you know, sit at a coffee shop and work or, you know, sit in your car and get mm-hmm. some writing done. Um, I had bought myself this little Bluetooth keyboard from iClever. And what's cool about it and why it lives up to its name of iClever uh, is that it unfolds. And so oh. I'm holding it up to the camera now. And you can see it's it's not a full-size keyboard. It's it's a mobile keyboard. And if you have large hands like me, I'm 6'3". If you have large hands like me, it's it's a little cramped. But in a pinch, if you need to go out somewhere and get some writing done, you can do it on your phone. You can do it on your iPad. It's a standard Bluetooth keyboard. What's great about it, and I'll hold it up again, it folds down into this nice, compact little thing. It's about the size, I'd say, maybe like a Surface Duo. I mean, I I honestly don't know how else to to describe the size. It's probably about a paperback book. It's like a, a... not a trade paper. When folded up, yeah, yeah, it's like a mass like a market dime paperback. Novel. Yeah, it's a, it's a dime novel size. Um, fits in a purse. When unfolded, a... I thought it looked like the weight, the like length and width of an ice cube tray. About, yeah, that's actually a, a pretty good description. It's about not an as ice cube deep, tray. obviously, right? But it's thin. It's pretty thin, especially when unfolded. It's it's you know, let me see here, uh, half an inch thin, maybe. Um, it's it's pretty lightweight and and easy to carry around. It goes pretty long on a single charge, and it, it charges via uh, micro USB. Um, so yeah, it's iClever. You can find them on Amazon. They're like between twenty and thirty dollars, uh, and they're great to have when you know you get out of the house again and you want to just grab something quick and get some writing done on your phone or on your tablet. You can take one of these with you. Two things: uh, get some writing done on your phone. For someone my age, that's still an absurd sentence. You know, it's funny. I never thought I would do it, and there have been several times where I have had to go out with um, the family. We've had things to do out, like go to the aquarium and stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting at the table in the cafeteria while they're eating lunch right. or, or they're off looking at some exhibit and I'm by myself and I'll pull out my phone and I'll work on a cabinet story. I'll work on my novel or, or you know, when I have time to myself, I'll, I'll knock stuff out, especially if I'm on a deadline. And I never thought right. I'd be someone to do that, but 
now I am. And it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And these little keyboards make it a little bit easier. That reminds me of a long time ago, uh, a long, long time ago, I had a Palm 3E. Oh, oh yeah. gosh, I loved that device with my whole heart and soul. I actually wish I still had it. And I actually had a little teeny tiny fold up keyboard mm-hmm. for that. It wasn't Bluetooth. You had to dock it. Yeah, it had the little connector um, on it. Yeah. Right. But it let you it let you type instead of having to rely on the the Palm OS graffiti with the stylus. Yep. It was sort of like and, Apple's first keyboard for the first iPad, that dock keyboard. Yes. Yeah. And let me tell you, 20 years ago, I was pretty cool with my palm, my little fold-up keyboard. Oh, yeah. No, those keyboards are great. On a screen the size of a pat of butter. Yeah, it, it, but you know what? You, you use what you have to in a pinch. And if you need to knock out a few hundred words, you could do worse than your iPhone. True. I, <laughs> I read Stephen King's On Writing on my palm. Oh, wow. Isn't that did crazy? It, did that little have, teeny tiny thing. Did your palm have that green scale screen? No, it was gray. It was gray. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love. Gosh, I loved that thing. Gosh Almighty! One of these days, I'll get one just to play with it. Um, MIT, uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, oh, the up there market. over across the river in Cambridge. Yes, has the flea market, and you can find all sorts of amazing things up there. Yes, I haven't been years, but I bet I could find a working palm up there. Oh yeah, I, I, I hear. Um, I listen to MacBreak Weekly on Twit. And Andy Anatko yes. lives out there, and he goes. He used to, he used to before COVID times, but he would go to the MIT flea market, and he would talk about finding you know old Macs and old Walkman yeah. and all all this this cool retro tech that he would come home with. I have some cool pictures. I'll have to put them on uh, Twitter or something yeah. um, after this episode comes out, so people can see my cool pictures from the MIT flea. If you like looking at pictures of old technology, uh, get excited, folks! Go check our Twitter right now. <laughs> All right, it's time for my tool of the week, Harry. I succumbed. All right, I'm probably being, you know, an unpleasant jerk. Here's what I'm just going to say. I was flipping around uh, Facebook, as you do, you know, and uh, I saw one of those targeted ads, and this was for something called Poddex. So it is collections of, like, interview questions, like, themed. I've seen like, Interview questions or ideas or topics that you can interject into your podcast. And I said, you know what? That's actually kind of interesting because after 247 episodes, you may find this hard to believe people. It can be difficult to come up with a topic. So I bought the thing. There is one free uh, deck in here uh, called episode ideas. And I've been flipping through it and Harry secretly the last two topic ideas I recommended for the show came from the book. I was going deck. to ask. Uh, I've seen this in, yes. a- advertised on Instagram, and I have thought about getting it myself. Now I don't have to because you did. <laughs> now you don't have to because I did. So some of the questions are a little wacky. Let me just, I'm just going to read the first four out loud from the top of the episode deck. Here we go uh, Debunk myths in your industry. Okay. Uh, share your morning or nightly routine. We've actually done that. Yeah. A live one-on-one coaching session. No one wants that from me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, discuss the history of your industry or uh, here's a go. Interview your mom and dad. Also, no. <laughs> also, no. There are themed things like there's um interviewing a musician. Um, well, we have some stuff. Uh, 
we we have some stuff planned ones. for the for next month, which will be exciting. We do have something cool planned for next month. So I got this thing. I'm playing with the free deck. It's kind of interesting. Like a lot of the topics wouldn't work for us. There is one called The Hustle, which is about business. But of course, on the free plan, I only get to see the top five. And then it sort of pushes me to the subscription window. Mm. Um, it's kind of expensive, I have to say. What was the price? So these, this is, these are digital. I, these, this isn't a real deck of cards that you're... It's all through. digital. It's which all is, digital. Yeah. In the ad, is a person holding a physical deck of cards. So I think you have the option of either buying these physical decks or getting okay. this digital iOS app. And I opted for the free app because, you know, I'd rather play with the free app than pay for a deck of cards and realize I'm not going to use it. I mean, I but, have like a dozen decks of cards in my office right now because I've been doing all this magic and sleight of hand. So know, I'm good with the deck of cards. So I'm using this. I picked up a couple episode ideas, including this one um, from this. And I'm going to, I'll keep playing with it. I don't know if I'm going to pay for it because it is expensive. But, uh, it was fun to play with. So if you run a podcast or you typically interview people uh, for either work or your side gig, consider it. I think it's at poddex.com is where you can go and find it. Nice. So let's dive into it, huh? Let's dive into it. This week we are talking about motivation, what keeps you motivated. Harry, I know you have thoughts and ideas, but there's one thing I want to just say right off the bat. Mm-hmm. One thing that motivates me is my mortgage and my bills. Yeah, that, that is one of my big motivations. <laughs> now, I know that is not the most poetic or romantic or inspiring answer, but there it is. Um, um, we all have uh, uh, bills to pay and uh, obligations to meet, and that is something that gets me out of the bed and in front of the computer in the morning. <clears throat> yeah, there's this, this genre of um, YouTuber who... You, if you've ever seen them, uh, Thomas Frank is one, Ali Abdal is another, um, and what they do is <clears throat> they make videos about how they read more and remember what they read more and their morning routines and you know how they fill every moment of their days with productivity and efficiency and all this stuff, and they're living their best life because this is what they do for a living. They make YouTube videos and have 100,000 subscribers. Which is great and all, and like you mentioned, yeah. I, I think last week or the week before about the four-hour work week, which is basically set up a subscription thing that you don't have to worry about, and then it pays for itself. And you know, that, it's that easy. It is that easy. And the problem is, <laughs> what they never talk about is how they got to that point, and really that they are in a a like s- the smallest, smallest sliver of a demographic of people who are able to do this for a living. You know, it's maybe. A dozen people who can claim that they are, you know, celebrity YouTuber, you know, life coaches who put out these videos and they're making bank and paying their bills with it. But for the rest of us, we have to get up and go to work or go to our desks and and our dining room tables and churn out a living from nine to five. And and if we're lucky, we get some time with our family and we get to sleep a little bit. Uh, you know, we right. we have bills to pay, and unfortunately, we don't get to do what we love, which is why we have hobbies like podcasting. Um, but you know, we're we're in a situation I think ninety nine point nine percent of people are in, in that we have responsibilities to to be aware of and to uh, make sure that we are on top of. I agree. I am definitely there. So I want to jump right to your thoughts and ideas because you seemed kind of eager at the top of the show yeah so i i mean obviously i'm motivated by bills and and having to you know not be homeless and but 
there are other motivations, which are for me primarily being published. Um, I self-published yeah. a book earlier this year, back in April. It wasn't my first thought. Mm-hmm. It was not the plan for that book at all. Um, but I was unemployed and in desperate need of money, and the book was good enough. It had been edited professionally, and I, I had gone through everything to to get it to a point where I was I was happy with it and comfortable with it being read by other people. And I said, now or never. And I, you know, whatever I can get for it, great. And so I threw it up on on Gumroad and Kobo and Apple Books and iTunes. It's called yeah. The Profit. And if you go to my link tree at the end of the show, you can buy it yourself. Um, it's three bucks, but you know, I, I needed to put it out there because I needed I again I had bills to pay. But mm-hmm. I I had always planned on that book and the five I wrote before it to be traditionally published. And I've been going at this for over ten years. Still not any closer to being traditionally published, but not for lack of trying. I've had short stories published. I've had flash fiction published. I edit a literary mm-hmm. magazine. You know, I'm doing everything I can to build up my credits. I, I've done work for Baron Fig, um, writing work. So, and I and I write for Cabinet professionally. So, right. I do as much writing as I possibly can to help build up my my momentum and build up my credits and and my reputation. But, you know, at the end of the day, I have to write a book that is saleable and people, you know, agents want to represent and publishers want to buy. And I'm just not there yet. But my motivation is that I want to see one day my book on a shelf in a bookstore. I want to go and hold it and and sign it and say, I did this. And that's what Mm -hmm. I'm working towards. Yeah, that's a a very popular one. Uh, Just that sense of accomplishment or contributing to our community or making something and Mm -hmm. seeing it exist in the world is hugely motivational. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've had that experience with, um, your, with the, 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 the board game cafe and with your Dungeons yes. and Dragons group. Um, you, you've had a, a lot of experience in that. Yeah. Uh, that's something that's about to grow. So, um, people who follow me probably know that a couple of years ago, um, I co-founded a company called reboot game lab. Um, we meant to be, uh, a board game cafe, uh, but, a lot of things came together to not make that happen, like the startup costs of <laughs> running a board game cafe on Cape Cod. And I, I hate and to then, say it, but uh, you kind of dodged a bullet with, with COVID. I mean, you can't get together and play yeah. games. <laughs> and let me tell you, we were we were pretty close to signing a lease, and I thank my lucky stars we didn't because I'd have been on the hook for an enormous amount of money right now with yeah. no way to pay it. So <laughs> thank goodness uh, there. Uh, but now um, I've sort of distance myself professionally from reboot game lab and i'm about to launch something new i guess i can talk about it now this would be the first time um i'm going to launch uh, tabletop hero very very soon what is which that? is going to feature all of my um writing for D. so um for the past two years i've been running dungeons and dragons groups for kids from seven years old up through high school and we do six week sessions and i write all of the adventures that we do um and I have this stack now of adventures that I wrote and I thought, well, why don't I publish these things? So Mm -hmm. I set up a site where we're going to be publishing regularly um, uh, adventures, encounters, um, new monsters and new items. And yeah, a a big part of that is just like we said, wanting to contribute to a community. I would love to contribute to the the tabletop role-playing community with, with all these things I write. So, so I'll look for that soon, folks. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, community is is definitely a motivation. I, I have a newsletter that I put out usually every week, yep. um, sometimes more than every week, uh, or less than every week, I should say. But I, I got an email a couple of weeks ago from a reader who 
said that he had never thought about sending his fiction out to to literary magazines or, or websites, and he did it, and he did it after reading my newsletter. And there's a section of my newsletter toward the bottom where I – uh, talk. I, I list out places that are open for submissions. So if you have something you that fits what they're looking for, you can send it. Um, and I always put in the ones that are free. There, there are a lot of literary magazines that charge three dollars, five dollars for a submission. Stay away from those. Um, but you know, he he looked at my my listings, picked one, sent it out, and on his first try, got it accepted, which is awesome. Um, ah, and it great. was it was such a cool email to get because I never really. First of all, I never really thought anybody was reading it, and I certainly never <laughs> thought anyone was acting on anything I put in there. But apparently, he he did, and it was really really cool, and and it felt good that I I had contributed in some way to that. Yeah, to his, to that person that reader success. Yeah, it's excellent. I told him when it gets published, let me know. I'll put a link in the newsletter, uh, and, and everyone <laughs> can go read it. Um, but yeah, I mean that contributing to a community that is for the most part, very inclusive and, and, you know, people try to help each other as much as possible. I got a lot of help early on from more experienced writers like Steph Post and, um, Robert James Russell and, um, Anthony Bresnikan, who's a writer for Vanity Fair. He, he came on my podcast. He was the first guest on my, my podcast covered, uh, about four years ago. Mm. And he, um, since then has you know been there when i've had questions about publishing or agents or or anything he he's been a, a huge help um so yeah i mean there there is definitely a community out there and and to to contribute to that in some way is certainly a, a motivation yeah uh keeping the theme of community but a little bit different another thing that could be motivational to myself or others is um being part of a team that has a goal and you know helping that team reach that goal having that team be successful I'm thinking of like work situations, especially there's been times where I've been part of a smaller unit that is tasked with completing this big project for work. And, you know, three or four or five of us hunker down and we can see each other's progress. We can cheer each other on. We can keep each other accountable. And when you come to the end and you achieve what you were after, boy, that feels great. And knowing that that uh, sense of accomplishment as a team is at the end uh, can be pretty motivational as well. Definitely, and and it's important if you're in a position of leadership where your your job is to keep people motivated. It's important that you do that with encouragement, you know, even incentives. And I'm not saying you need to bribe them, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, little certificates. A box of donuts doesn't hurt. A box of donuts or Uber eating them a uh, a Starbucks order or something. You know, just little things yeah. here and there to say, you know, I see you're doing a great job. Keep it going. We're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. Um, and you know that that shows that you're not just a manager, but you're an actual leader of the team. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick one more if that's okay. Sure. I love learning new stuff. This sounds super cheesy, but I I really enjoy it. One of the th- things I've started doing um, while I'm stuck here in the house like crazy is my wife and I have started like putting plants around the yard, mm. and I knew I nothing isn't strong enough to sort of explain how much I knew about plants. I knew they were green and they need water. Um, But we put a bunch of plants in. It was really fun. Like I finally know the difference between annual and perennial. That took forever for me to figure out (laughs) which one you need to plant and which one comes back all on its own. 
But now I know. And it's not crazy. It's not like, you know, the mansions of uh, Newport or anything out there. But we put a few plants in and it was really fun. And I, I learned a little bit. So, yeah, I'm happy we did that. I mean, you know, so who learning help- something new can be motivational. You know who could help you learn the difference between perennial and annual? Oh, no. Roger. Roger can help you. <laughs> yeah, he can. I would ask him, but he's wicked busy. He's wicked busy, but he's also wicked smart. He's wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, learning learning something new is huge. Like I said before, I've been doing the these little magic videos on Instagram, just me doing little tricks, right. like snap changes and color changes. Um, and it's fun. I, I picked up two books. I ordered them the other day. They they finally arrived, and one is called um, Expert at the Card Table, and the other one is Expert Tech Expert Card Technique. And these books were written. Expert at the Card Table was written like at the turn of the century, um, but Expert Card Technique was written in the 1940s as sort of an like an addendum and a and a revisit of expert at the or expert at the card table. Uh, it was sort of like a, mm-hmm. a here's here's what we learned and now here's all this new stuff that we're building on top of. And the, the book is thick and it's got all these illustrations that are a little hard to to understand, but the descriptions are incredibly in depth. And I'm just sitting there flipping through the pages and, and learning this stuff. And then once I get it to a certain point where I'm comfortable with it, not that I would perform it in front of other people, but I would do it in front of a camera over and over again until I got it right. Um, you know, I, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to, you know, teach your hands to do new things and, and to learn yeah. these new techniques. And, you know, eventually I can do them for other people when we see other people again, and you know, party tricks and, and stuff like that. You know, learning, like you said, learning something new is, is great motivation for just doing something. And on top of yeah. that, I think there's a lot to be said for just completing something. I think mo- mm-hmm. the motivation to, to write your first novel, a lot of people don't finish their first novel. They get about I don't know ten thousand words in, and they drop it, and it's unfortunate. But you know, it takes a lot of effort to just reach that that point where you hit fifty, sixty, seventy thousand words, and then to go beyond that and and edit it down and hone it and get it to a point where other people might actually want to read it. That goes way beyond just finishing the damn thing. So I yeah. mean, I, I've done it six times. I'm about to do it a seventh. You know, my my motivation is not just to complete it, but to actually publish it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just to see that you finished it, to say I did it, is I think yeah. very motivational. I think a good future topic is the crappy first draft. Oh yeah, because that can apply to all kinds of things. I mean, not just writing, but anytime you want to start something new. Gosh, I wish I could remember the quote perfectly, but I can't. Uh, Ira Glass, everyone knows Ira Glass, mm-hmm. who does um, This American Life. He gave a talk about, Harry, you may have even heard or be aware of this, how it's so difficult to begin something because when you're a beginner, your ability does not match up with your taste. And right. It can be very difficult because that is just skewed like this and you know what you want to produce but you're not yet able to produce that. And getting through that can be the most difficult thing because you do your first go at it and you look and say, oh my gosh, this is nowhere near where I want it to be. And it is so tempting, like you said, the writer who's got 10,000 words down to just back off and say, I I don't want to do this. Um, But it's just allowing yourself. Dave Grohl had a great quote about this too when he was saying how he dislikes music talent contest shows like American Idol and the rest because you'll watch the five contestants sing tonight and every one of them is just stellar right. and to have a judge tell them that wasn't good is crazy and he went on to say and again I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the actual thing 
get yourself a guitar or a bass and a set of drums and yeah. get your friends and go in the basement and just be awful yep. and be awful for months and be awful for years. And then one night you get it a little better and then a little better. But you have to just lean into being terrible for a long time and then suddenly you get it and that graph just shoots right up and now you're good and now you're at or even surpassing your taste right and i I don't know if it was dave Grohl who said it or someone else but he he might have it it seems like it's up his alley but basically that kids today think the way you break into the music industry is to get on these shows that you will only become a big star if you go on american idol or the voice or america's got talent and show the world and what you really should be doing is you know, hustling and and going to these these dive bars and these little clubs and these you know do what the Beatles did, where they're playing the Cavern Club for eight hours a night until they're finally right. discovered. Like that, that's how you really break through, and that's how you hone your skill. You don't hone your skill on television. You hone your skill in a in a room in your basement. You know, shedding you know yeah. sh- shedding wood basically. Uh, you know that just doing it over and over and over and over, and over, and over, and over goes- again. Or whatever you're trying to do. It doesn't have to be music or art or writing or it could be work or it could be maybe you're producing uh, YouTube videos or maybe you're, I don't know, just trying to learn French. <laughs> just yeah. be bad at it and be bad at it and lean into being bad at it. And then one day you'll notice there's this great episode of The Simpsons where uh, Bart is in France. Remember, he's like make help of them make wine. Yes, and he chews the gum. Putting, yeah. yeah, and he's putting um, antifreeze in the wine or whatever. And there's one part where he's lamenting that he's been in France for all these months and he hasn't learned to speak the language. And halfway through that sentence, he slips into French. Yes. And doesn't notice it for the first few words. Yep. <laughs> he's like, oh, je parle français. It's great. So that's sort of what happens. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You, you, you do it enough, you do it long enough, and you suddenly realize, oh, no, I'm doing it. You know, and and I found that doing yeah. stuff with you know like one-handed shuffles and one-handed cuts, like I'm just sitting in front of the TV doing it, and then I look down and it's like, oh no, I'm doing it. it I, you know, all that practice paid off. Yeah. Should we talk about when motivation is low? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I think nowadays for for, for at least the last six months, motivation has been low. I, if you hadn't realized, we're halfway through October. Nano starts in two and a half weeks, and. The Holy idea God. of of even starting – I mean I'm going to be starting a novel anyway, but but doing a novel, 50,000 words, the month of November with all of this going on, I certainly don't have the motivation, but I'm going to push myself to get through it. I'm not doing nano, but I, I am going to be working on my book uh, very soon. Okay. And you know, I, to, to those who are going to attempt it, Godspeed because I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So if I'm ever in a situation where the motivation is very low, I do have a couple tricks up my old sleeve mm-hmm. that I'll pull out. Uh, the first might seem counterintuitive, but I walk away from the work. Um, there are times where the best thing for me is to put distance between myself and whatever work that is just bringing me down or not working or not clicking for whatever reason. And that might be a day or a couple of days or a weekend or a, lo- or a week or something where I just won't worry about it. And I find that distance, I don't know what happens. It gives my brain maybe time to sort of work on it in the background or sort of put that consideration on autopilot for a while where it's not in my face all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when I come back after that period, I feel a little better and more willing to sort of to do this. It's like a big breathe in, breathe out. All right, now let's do this. That's something I'll do. And another, this is a cheap little trick, but it really works. I'll, 
just get a pencil and a paper and I'll write down five wins I've had recently. Mm. And they could be as small as anything. Like I, I got up at seven like I wanted to or I went for a walk after dinner or, or anything it is. And just seeing those things tangible in front of myself can really help bring me right back around. Yeah. Those are great. It, it, to, to go back to your first point, I have a, a friend. She She's a writer. Her book came out a couple months ago, um, and she had been working on mm-hmm. another manuscript. And she had hit a wall with it. She, you know, she had like – it was 70% of the way there. Or, uh, yeah, it was about 70% of the way there. And the other 30% was okay. It needed to be better. The concept – it was a YA novel. The concept was, wasn't mm-hmm. high enough. Um, and so she gave it to a beta reader who came back and basically made this map of the, the story that they thought would fit better. And, and it required a lot of rewrites. And she was like, I, I just, I don't have it in me to do this. And so on the other side of that, she had been playing, she, she says she had been playing like a thousand hours of animal crossing on the switch. And she had, gotten her, <laughs> yeah. she had gotten her island to a point where she, she wasn't happy. She was unhappy with it, but she didn't want to go back and start over. She had thought about it, but didn't want to have to like, you know, redo the whole thing all over again. And she decided one night, like, right. forget it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to pass all of my stuff over that I want to keep to a friend of mine to hold in, in storage in the game. I'm going to delete my map <clears throat> and then I'm going to redo it and build it up from scratch the way I want it to, which she did. And as she's doing that, she went back to the book she had been working on that she had been stuck on and realized, I know what I need to do now. And it, it wasn't an entirely a nuke and pave, but it was really close. She rewrote, I'd say, 70 to 80% of the book. Um, just wow. Ba- and used the map that her friend had given her to to do it all. And that, that was a huge um, boost for her to see that. You know, I had been stuck all along, and the thing I really didn't want to do I, was the thing I should have done all along. Mm. That's that's a really good takeaway. Uh, do you have any? Is there a, anything that you typically go to when you notice your motivation is low and you need a little uh, kick in the pants, as it were? Uh, it's or permission to just be low. Whatever I don't know. Whatever you would do. Yeah, I mean, I was I was sort of depressed for a while with you know the the unemployment and. Just mm-hmm. you know, dealing with with um, trying to keep my son entertained and um, knowing that school was around the corner, and I finally got this new job, and it's been it's been good, and uh, I like it. Oh, but, and we're in a pandemic. Yeah, and we're and we're in a pandemic, and that was the the biggest <laughs> pain in the the took us about it was that I <laughs> I would have been hired a lot sooner had we not had this uh, pandemic going on, right? And you know, there's money worries and mortgage and and all that stuff. So, um, but. Once that all got settled away, I, I suddenly found my my boost again, my my motivation again. But you know, I I let myself just be low for a while. I put on a little weight. I ate like crap. <laughs> I, I I dove headfirst into YouTube videos that had nothing to do with anything I really wanted to do for myself. Um, and that sort of changed in the last several since I've started this new job. It, it's it's really changed. I've I've picked mm-hmm. up the magic again. I've started writing again and really outlining my book. Um, and I think, you know, that that sense of having a purpose and and yeah, and uh, a reason to get up every morning and not just lie in bed and, and wallow in self-pity. I think that has been a huge a boon to my my productivity and everything. I'm sure uh, there's a comment from a listener in discord. I should probably pay attention. Did I read uh, uh, Jackie says uh, her motivation is I love what I do as a virtual assistant. I can see directly how my work keeps my clients succeed and that is very motivating to me. Also, uh, she has 
Uh, kid number one just finished college, and kid number two has one and a half years to go, so being able to cover college tuition and living expenses is also a motivator. Uh, yeah, I've got a kid on the cusp of starting college pretty soon, so that's uh, I need to make money for that. But I also see what she's saying, how um, seeing her clients succeed is very motivating. I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a motivation right now to make sure that we don't uh, spiral downward even more as a country. You know, to mm-hmm. to vote and to call your senators and make sure they don't allow certain people into the Supreme Court or to pass certain laws or revoke certain laws and amendments. And you know that that, that survival is probably the biggest motivator of all. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> what else can you say? I don't know. It's very exhausting. Uh, anyway, so those are th- things that motivate uh, Harry and me. It's something that motivates Jackie. If there's something that motivates you, uh, you want to talk about, you can hit us up on the Twitter. You can join the Discord and share your information there. And we would especially love to hear some strategies that you have in place for when motivation is low. How do you get yourself back on track? Indeed. Dave, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me over at the link tree. Uh, it is slash Dave Kalo. And Harry, how can people find you? Likewise, I'm at linktree, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. I want to say that uh, Tabletop Hero is going to be live very soon. I'm very excited about it. If you are into D&D and you want content for your games, you can find it. Harry, I believe... Uh, the Shelf Life has something going on, right? Yes. Uh, the Shelf Life is nominated for an Audioverse Award. Um, Woo! Audioverse is... I actually hadn't heard about it until this year. Um, but they uh, are podcast awards for audio fiction and um, uh, audio dramas and, and all that fun stuff. So The Shelf Life is nominated for Best New Audio Play Production. Uh, you can go to audioverseawards.net slash vote. I highly recommend you do it on a desktop and not a mobile phone. Uh, it's kind of painful. <laughs> not painful mobile, mobile friendly. Phone. It's not really because they're trying to do it like the Academy Awards, and so you have to select a a, a candidate in each category in order to proceed oh, with okay. the vote. So you can't just vote for me; you have to vote for other shows and other categories. Um, so okay. yeah, do it on your desktop; it's a lot easier that way. But it only takes a few minutes, and if you if you vote for us, it would be a huge huge help. Um, the team and I have worked incredibly hard on putting the show together and I would love to, to win my first award for it. Yeah. The show is really great. I listened to it in the before times when I was in the car (laughs) and I'm looking forward to listening to season two, whenever that happens. Uh, it's really fun. It's an entertaining story and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I love, uh, audio dramas and audio fiction and you know, Harry's got sound effects and characters and yeah, it's great fun. So please go and vote everybody. Yes, indeed. Now you have two things to vote for. That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for everyone who hung out in Discord with us during the recording. It's always fun to have you around. We are going to have this episode out next week. Uh, by the time you're listening at this, go check the Twitter. I'll have some pictures up from the MIT flea. And uh, in the meantime, go get some work done. Bye. Bye. <laughs>